broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. You got to score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. Got my man Jared Justice live in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio for the next three hours with you. Coming off the practice field. I didn't come off the practice field, but I was standing next to the practice field observing what was going on at Mandatory Minicamp today for the Silver and Black Day 2. Of course, they have Day 3. will get wrapped up tomorrow. Won't be able to be in attendance because I will be on the radio from 12 to 3.30, just like we did yesterday. We'll do the same thing tomorrow, but many thanks to my guy Harry Ruiz for holding it down for JT uh, this afternoon from noon to 2 here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Definitely appreciate him and his efforts. It's a fantastic job each and every day, so thank you. Many, many thanks to Harry Ruiz for holding it down but tomorrow, 12 to 3.30, we'll make way for Aces basketball as they'll take on the Connecticut Sun again. So that'll be just like it was yesterday here on Raider Nation Radio 920. A shout-out to the Aces who came away with a, a victory over the Sun, a, a well-fought victory, a tough-fought victory. Every single game, the last, I don't know, three, four games it feels like, has been a close-fought victory for the Aces. But they're finding ways to get it done, and that's all that you can ask. And, Jared, you were there to run the whole game, and there were some ebbs and flows in that game, wasn't it? They kept getting up by 19. They, and then they weren't. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was insane. They'd get up by 19, and then it was like, and it's back to single digits. Right. And then they'd get up by 19. They couldn't buy a three-point shot. They needed A.J. Cole out there. They needed <laughs> they, they, they – they needed Daniel a, Carlson. Daniel Carlson. <laughs> they needed some guy who kicked for a living to get them three points. I heard that. Well, I'll tell you, they found a way to get a victory, and that's all that matters. Over the weekend, the Indiana Fever, they played them really tight, found a way to get a victory, right? I mean, that's just what it is. And when you're the number one team in the in, in, in the whole in the whole league, right? I mean, you're the defending champions. You're going to get every team's best game, and they've been on the road for a while. So, I mean, just, again, you got to give them a lot of credit for finding ways to get victories. So, again, they'll take on the Connecticut Sun coming up tomorrow. So, uh, 12 to 3.30, you'll hear Unnecessary Roughness here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Then you'll hear the, uh, the, the Aces game, and then right after that, you'll hear the Aviators game. So, we'll be very busy, very active here on the station, but we're going to be very busy and very active today as we got plenty to get to, plenty of storylines, and, you know, uh, Harry filled in for JT, and so me and Harry kind of got our our wires crossed a little bit, and normally I wouldn't do this, but coming up at 2.30 is Vinny Bonsignor, and you'll probably think if you've been listening to the station for a while, wait, Vinny? Wasn't Vinny just on with uh, with, with with Harry? Yes, he was. So me and Harry kind of got our, our wires crossed a little bit, but that's okay. Vinny Bonsignor will join us. Uh, he was at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. I actually spent a lot of time standing next to him watching practice. Uh, he'll kind of give me the thoughts on what he observed. He was able to he was able to uh, talk to uh, Mick Lombardi, also talk to uh, players following practice. I had to leave, so I wasn't able for that. But uh, Vinny will join us at 2.30. No shade to Harry, but it's going to be different questions. Like, well, no, no, for sure. But normally, I mean, we wouldn't have a guest yeah, that just yeah. came on at one thirty, come on at 2.30. But that's okay. Like I said, you're right. It'll be different questions. I was there, so me and him had plenty of conversations, so we can go back and forth You're going to well. talk about the gummy bears that were in the uh, media room. Yeah, no, I definitely will not be doing any of that. But <laughs> Vinny Bonsignor from the RJ and, of course, the morning tailgate will join us at 2.30. Lindsey Brown was out there at practice as well, so she'll have some good uh, tales tomorrow morning when she's uh, on the morning tailgate to be able to talk about what she was able 
to see. So 2.30, Vinny Bonsignor joins the show. 3 o'clock, John McClain. We missed him yesterday. We had phone issues on the radio station. We do not have phone issues now, which is a great thing. Many thanks to Jamie. Many thanks to Kevin for getting that done for us and making sure that we're good to go. I know that the morning tailgate had a little bit of a hiccup this morning, but we're good to go. Smooth sailing now. So John McClain has agreed to join us at 3 o'clock on today instead of yesterday. So we'll talk all things NFL with the general. That's John McClain at 3.30. Paloma Villacana, Fox 5 Sports. She joins us each and every Wednesday to talk about the Aces, and we'll do that. But she was also at Mandatory Minicamp Day 1. That was yesterday. So we'll get her thoughts on what she saw, what she heard from head coach Josh McDaniels as he was able to talk with us. And again, Paloma is someone who is all around town covering every sport that we have, including the Golden Knights, the Aces, the Raiders, and a whole lot more. UNLV and a whole lot more. So she'll join us at 3.30 just to give us the rundown on not only the Raiders, but also the Aces, and even dip in a little bit Golden Knights as they're in Florida preparing for Game 3, which will be tomorrow, Stanley Cup final, see if they can get a 3-0 lead, a commanding 3-0 lead in that series. And then at 4 o'clock, Max Crosby, the conversation that JT, Eric Allen, and myself had uh, on the Raider roundtable that we had from Raider Content Day on Monday at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Really good stuff from Mad Max Crosby. So if you have not got a chance to check that, that whole uh, to do and it was a to do it was about three and a half hours long I mean it was a big production if you haven't had a chance to check that out yet uh, Max Crosby that conversation will come up at four o'clock again JT Eric Allen and myself so those are the guests that we have coming up on the show today Vinny Bonsignor at 2.30 John McClain at 3 Paloma Villacana 3.30 and Mad Max Crosby you'll hear at four o'clock and in the meantime in between time coming up I think around 3.45 I want to talk about Trader Joe's and the fact that I discovered Trader Joe's today. I know that sounds wild for many people that go to Trader Joe's probably each and every week, maybe multiple times a week. Jared, I will say I just discovered Trader Joe's today. As as a just blanket, like snow white guy, I am genuinely like, you just discovered Trader Joe's? I had never walked inside the door of Trader Joe's until today. Hell, I might Did as well get Did you get wine? I might as no. I, I look. You know what? I was gonna save it for three forty-five, but we already started to travel down this rabbit hole. So let's go ahead and get it out of the way oh, now. Oh, sorry. No, it's okay. I I I teased it already. I shouldn't have teased it till about three thirty or when we have Paloma on. But instead, I'll just go ahead and jump right out and, and and talk about it. Lauren, who's from our sister station. Oh yeah. She just moved into the office that's next to our studio, and I'm not a big. You mentioned the gummy bears in the media room. I'm not a big snack guy. I'm not. There's certain snacks I like. I'm a big, I'm a big beef jerky guy, as you know. Oh yeah, I love beef jerky, but I also love sweet peanut baby butter. rays. I love peanut butter pretzels. Oh, he does the little peanut butter pretzel nuggets. So Lauren moved into our, our, our I mean, our office next to our, our studio. Uh, she, you can hear her on the point. She does a really good job. That's ninety-seven one. The point. She does a great job there. So. She's building up, you know, her her desk, and she's putting stuff on their desk, and she has these nice little, I don't know, uh, containers that she has pretzel peanut butter pretzels in, and she says, "Oh, have some," and I tell her I can't have some because I'll have more than some. Yeah. Plus, plus I'm on the radio right now, and so I'll get peanut butter in my teeth and all this other stuff. So I don't want to do that. Well, yesterday, throughout my frustration. With our phone situation, uh, I got irritated towards the end of the show because our phone situation was not the way it was supposed to be. It's not acceptable for what we did. And, again, it was nobody's fault. It just happens. Eh, come on. It's so my fault. I was a little bit angry. So I said, you know what? I will take some of these peanut butter pretzels. So I had two, which turned into four, 
was turned into eight, was turned into sixteen, and then I realized I looked up and half yeah, of the container yeah, it was a half empty container. Was half I went empty. and looked at it. Right. So the container was half empty <sighs> and I thought, dang, man, I knew that I shouldn't start eating these because now she's gonna come back and she told me Hey, feel free to have as many as you want. And I was like, yeah, that's probably not what you should tell me. So anyway, <laughs> I did literally have as many as I wanted, which was almost half the container. But the one thing she told me before I started eating them was, oh, they're the best. They're from Trader Joe's. And I said, okay. Like, that means anything to me. I, I don't know because I'd never been to Trader Joe's. So I start eating some, and they're really good. And then I realized that, oh, man, half the thing is gone. I feel bad. Let me replace those. So then I asked Doug, who happens to be uh, my neighbor and lives really close to me. Doug said, oh, we have a Trader Joe's near the house. So I went and discovered it this morning. And there is a Trader Joe's near the house. It's right there on Eastern, like literally two minutes around the corner from the house. So this morning, I get to Trader Jones, Joe's about 7.55. There is a line outside. There is a freaking line outside at Trader Joe's at 7.55 in the morning. And I thought that something, like they were giving away free cheese or yeah, something, you, right? Yeah, you thought it was Black Friday. I didn't know what the hell was going on. I was like, did I, I mean, are we at the club, right? Is that the line to get in? Is there a concert going on? Is someone in there signing autographs? Yeah, like, lady, yeah. What is you, really going in. on? So I had no idea. So I said, well, all right, I better get in line. So I parked. And, I mean, the doors open at 8 o'clock, so I was good. And it's funny just saying the doors open to a store at 8 o'clock on a freaking, what is this, Wednesday? I was yep. like, wait, what, what the hell's going on? So, anyway, I walk around Trader Joe's, and I'm looking for this, and everyone, and I mean everyone, customers and employees, are like the nicest people in the world. I was like, what is wrong with these people? They're so nice. Right, and I'm okay with that. I'm a genuine like, nice guy. I don't like friction. I don't like to be angry. I don't like to be upset. But... They were so nice. I thought I was. I thought they were punking me. I thought I was. You know, like something going. Did I do something? Right? Or is this a joke on me? And then I found the bag of, of peanut butter pretzels, and I literally bought three bags of them. So I have three bags, and I gave one to Lauren because I said, "Man, I, I felt bad." And so Jared, you saw. I just called her in the studio uh, before we went on the air, and I was like, "Hey, I just want you to know, I brought you a whole bag." Uh, those pre the little pre uh, peanut butter pretzel little nuggets or whatever they are, uh, but they're fantastic. So. Long story short, Trader Joe's is great, and this is not a this is not a, a a paid advertisement. I just was impressed that everyone was so nice, and I was really shocked that there was a line before I got there at seven fifty five this morning. It should be a paid advertisement. Let me let me text as your producer. I'll text sales. Oh, they don't we care. Get a- <laughs> they don't care. <laughs> You're too honest sometimes. No, it's all good. It's all. I mean, look. I mean, look. Obviously, what are you doing? I'm trying to. Obviously, do they don't need my endorsement. Every they line up in front of the store before it opens, Jared. They don't need me to say squat about them. I'm just saying I was impressed that it was even the fact that there was like a line, like it's you know, like you're in the club or something. It was. It was. Imp- it's a Wednesday morning, and people are lined up in front of Trader Joe's. So I will say this: I will go back. I and I will say this: If Q told me to, hey, Trader Joe's has kale on sale, I would go to Trader Joe's and hook up. Like, all right, well, no, the kale, I'll, I'll get that. Like, if Q tells me something, I I listen. <laughs> Mailman Raider just hit us up on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. I love how this conversation is going. <laughs> Q, I kid you not, I could live on them peanut butter pretzels from Trader Joe's. Also love their Naki. So there you go. 
Mailman Raider. He's he's up on game when it comes to Trader Joe's. Again, I'm 46 going on 47 in November, and I <laughs> just now discovered know. Trader Joe's. I'm sure that's something Mama Q knew all about. She just didn't put me up on game. Your but mom. I guarantee my mom knows. My mom knows a little bit of everything, right? So I guarantee she knew. I just didn't know. So there's that. But it's okay. I will, Like I said, I will make a return visit because those things were fantastic, and I bought three bags, and I have them strategically planted at the radio station right now, Jared. That's the thing. Wait, wait. You, you, I, it, yes, I strategically – <laughs> yes, you hear me now. I strategically planted three bags. One I gave to Lauren because, well, I ate most of the ones Yeah, that no, you did. Okay, well, that's fine. I replaced them. I did the gentleman thing and, and replaced them. And then I got two extra bags for backups, and I have them strategically planted at the radio station. So there's that. So that's my Trader Joe's story. I was going to say it for 345, but we might as well go ahead and jump right into it. So I did. <laughs> that's how it goes down. Again, Vinny Bonsignor, 2.30. John McClain at 3. Paloma Villacana, 3.30. And Max Crosby at 4 o'clock. Those are the guests we have coming up on the show. Let's go ahead now and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM is brought to you by Paul Law. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. So the opening drive today here on Raider Nation Radio 920, I want to base it around a phone call that I received on my Locked On Raiders podcast and, and the voicemail line that I have set up. Sometimes I get calls that are very intriguing and I like to bring them to the show because I think if you can hear it, I can describe it, but I think if you can hear it, You'll, you'll understand it and appreciate it a little bit more. And I know this guy, Raider Eddie in Denver, he actually calls the radio station every once in a while and will chime in on a subject that we have. So I think that he'll appreciate this as well. And as the NBA Finals Game 3 is underway this evening, the Miami Heat and the Denver Nuggets, we know that there's something called heat culture, which is funny. Another side story real quick. I'm up at the house preparing for the show right now, and I'm, I'm looking down. And, again, I have ESPN on as background noise. I always do. All of a sudden I hear my voice talking about, Heat culture is real. And I was like, wait, what the hell? So I rewound the TV real quick and come to find out they used my voice. I don't know. Sometime I said heat culture is real. One thing that we know is heat culture is real. I was like, dang, that's me. So I had to, you know, I had to do what the cool kids do and, and video it and tweet it out and all that other stuff. So I did that. But this call has to do with heat culture and how it translates to the Raiders. This is Raider Eddie in Denver. I have the topic that I want to throw out there, but I want you to hear this call. Again, Raider Eddie in Denver. Thank you. What's up? This is uh, Raider Eddie in Denver. Love your shows always, the platform, the discussion, the debate, even uh, when people don't agree. So I want to uh, compare the Raiders to the Heat. Okay, I'm not saying the Raiders are going to make the championship game uh, like the Heat have made the finals, the NBA finals this year. But I do want to say that sometimes a team can get hot, right? And I think... And that's actually what happened with the Raiders in 1983. Um, I don't believe we were expected to do a whole lot. We had Jim Plunkett, who was a, a guy that uh, had been injured, often injured, not successful, you know, and, and was a journeyman at that point. In 1983, we, we were the best team at the end of the season, uh, and we won. We won that Super Bowl. Um, and so you fast forward to right now, the Raiders, you know, they're, they're, the expectations from outside the building are very, very low. Um, but at the end of the day, you have to get on the field and compete. And I think that's one of the things that I love about sports. Is you just never know what's going to happen. Um, and, again, I do think there's another example of exactly that with the Heat this year, a team that just 
didn't quite have it together until the playoffs, a few games before the playoffs, they started to click. The one thing I will say is that the Heat and Eric Spolster have a, a great coach. And if McDaniels can be that for us, which I think is possible, he hasn't shown it yet as a head coach, but I think it's possible that he can be a great coach. Um, and you never know what can happen with this team. We could go very far. One last thing that I'll throw out there is for people that are impatient with McDaniels, you look at Mike Shanahan, a great head coach in the NFL. You look at Bill Belichick. They were not successful until they didn't have a winning head coaching season. Uh, Shanahan didn't until year five. And with Belichick, I think he only had one winning season in his first six or seven years. You can double-check that if you want, but I, I'm I'm pretty certain I'm, I'm close on that, at least the first year out of his first uh, – one year out of his first six years, he had a winning season in, in, in Belichick that day. So, you know, let's just see what happens. I always get a little more excited in the offseason because we get further away from our last uh, miserable, you know, record. Um, and uh, I think that most NFL fans kind of – Kind of try to look for hope, you know, in the offseason maybe, uh, or maybe not. But, uh, you know, I love the show as always. Just want to see uh, what other people think and uh, love the show. All right, bye. There you go. Raider Eddie and Denver right there. And uh, really the whole gist of the conversation was about what the Heat are doing, what they've been able to do. They've built that culture. You know, it wasn't immediate success. Uh, and, and now they're a team that each and every year, you know they they you know that they're in the they're in position to have an opportunity to make a run. It doesn't mean they're going to make a run every year, but they're in position. Again, they built that heat culture. So I throw the question, and then I'll go to you, Jared. But uh, I, I throw the question out there: If you knew the Raiders were creating and building something similar to the Heat, where they have that culture in place, would you be okay with the slow build? And I'm not saying that that's what they're doing. I know that's what they're attempting to do. That's what every team attempts to do, right? That's the first thing we hear when a new head coach takes over. Hey, we got to change the culture. Got to change the culture. Every team's not able to do that. I think that the Miami Heat have that Heat culture because of the guy with the slick back hair. I think Pat Riley is the guy that really makes things go. He was the dude that made things go when LeBron was there, when D. Wade was there, when Chris Bosh was there. He was the guy that could manage egos. And, and Eric Spolster was about to get ran out of town when they, when they lost to the, the uh, Dallas Mavericks in 2011, but they stuck with him. And now he's one of the best coaches in the league. So the question I throw out there to you, and then we'll go to Jared. If you knew the Raiders were creating and building something similar to the Heat culture, they're building their own Raiders culture that was going to be sustainable and be successful for years on top of years on top of years, at least in the hunt each and every year, would you be okay with the slow build? 69187, keyword R&R, so do text sign. And 69187, that is 69187, keyword R&R again. Listener line is 702-365-9200. What do you got for me, Jared? All right, so year three. Well, preseason year three, Shane Battier would run gassers with all the rookies. And as soon as the rookies took, like, like they were like, all right, I need a rest, he'd go, we just won a championship. We're not trying to lose. What we're doing here is we're trying to win a championship. You need to get your bleep together. And he was a guy who came off the bench for that Miami Heat team. That okay. culture is something that, as you said, Pat Riley built, as Spo built. You, you look at anything, the Miami Heat were built out of the idea. They lost that championship to the Mavs, and it was because 
LeBron wouldn't go into the post. As soon as they broke him. Well, it was it was more of these guys had big monster egos and they weren't working as hard as they should work. And LeBron was a major one, and he said it. He said the, that team, that 2011, made him work harder, get back into the lab and work harder because his God-given ability wasn't going to allow him to win. So I, I totally get what you're saying, but to, to bring it back to the Raiders – and Max Crosby could be that Shane Battier type guy that you're talking about. He talked about it, and you'll hear it coming up at 4 o'clock, that he's holding guys accountable. He's getting guys out there running gassers after practice. Eric Allen talked about it a lot at the Raiders roundtable, making guys hold ga- run gassers, making guys make sure that they're in shape, be prepared and ready to go. So, again, if you knew the Raiders were creating and building something similar to the Heat culture, like if, when it was all said and done, regardless what happens this year, maybe even next year, but you knew that every single year they were going to be a team that was in the mix, whether you're talking about them or not, because nobody was talking about Miami until we're talking about them now. Right? I know Vinny, and he's coming up in a few minutes. He actually asked head coach Josh McDaniels two days ago uh, a, a Miami Heat question during the press conference. So we'll ask him as well. But would you be okay if you knew that this build that they're working on with Dave Ziegler, Josh McDaniels, Pat Graham, and everyone else involved in the mix – we're building a real that real culture that we hear all these different coaches talk about each and every time there's a new coach in town. But you knew that they were going to pull this off. Would you be okay with that? 702-365-9200. And, and do you think that they can do it? Do you think that they could build that culture for the silver and black that's sustainable for years to come? 69187, keyword R&R, and again, 702-365-9200. So, there's a couple different ways that I look at it, and I do appreciate uh, Raider Eddie in Denver's call. Uh, there's a few different ways that I look at it. Like, you, you can't build a culture off a bunch of free agents that you bring in each and every year, right? That's, that's, that's a no-brainer. So they've got to be able to build through the draft, which we know that they're trying to do. And then they're trying to fill in a few gaps here and there with, you know, the, the free agents that can help put them over the top. They have good leaders in Devontae. They have good leaders, especially young leaders in Max Crosby, really good leader. That's that's the good that's a good foundation point. Some of these guys that they drafted this year are going to have to hit. Some of these guys that they drafted last year are going to have to hit and start to be part of that again that culture building environment. Something that every team look Dan Campbell's trying to build that culture in Detroit, right? I didn't buy it. I said I've been saying it all all uh, all year. I don't buy what the Detroit Lions have going on because I just, I just don't see it. And when there have been a team that's been so bad for so long, it's hard to say, oh, yeah, they've got things turned around. But you have to assume at some point they will. Well, Campbell tried to go in there and build a, a, a different culture. Obviously, people, most people, not me, believe that he's getting there. Well, that's what the Raiders are trying to do as well. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on the Raiders trying to build a culture that is similar to the Heat. Do you think that they can do it? Would you be okay with if that's what they were going to do, and you knew that they were going to be successful, would you be okay with them t- doing what they had to do to build that culture up? Let us know about it again. Seven zero two three six five ninety two hundred. Don't be broke. dot com. Text line six nine one eight seven. Keyword R and R. And of course, you could always tweet at us as well at R and R nine twenty am. And you can hit us up at your boy Q two five four. Jared, what's your Twitter account? It's at Jared Justice. Neither of those are spelled correctly. Yeah, I'm about to say, you can't just say that because yours, the way you spell Jared, is different. Let me tell everybody. Well, at Jared, J-E-R-E-D, Justice, J-U-S-T-U-S. So there you go. You got a couple different uh, spellings there. <laughs> well, but you're, you but you're working recommend on it. it. But you're working on it. You're working on it. It's okay to spell things a little bit differently. I'm okay with that. But, uh, yeah, I, I thought that that was, like I said, going back to the call from Raider Eddie, I thought it was interesting 
Because, you know, I, I hadn't even thought about it like that, even though the NBA Finals are going on. But I thought that he got brought some good parallels. And, of course, he talked about, you know, teams being underdogs and them going and winning with Plunkett, and nobody was really looking at him at that point. And that, that's real. That's all for, you know, another day and getting into the regular season and seeing how all that shakes out and if they can win games or not or if they win the close ones. And, you know, I mean, there's, there's always going to be runs that teams go on that you really don't see coming, so that's a possibility. But I think the most important thing right now for the Silver and Black is, like I said, that culture that I'm talking about. Dave B. in the 757 said, Q, and this is on the don'tbebroke.com text line, I'm okay with the slow build process under this regime because – Quite frankly, Raider Nation has been starving since 2002, so what's another year or two? But at some point, the organization has to show us the money. That's Dave B. in the 757. I agree with that. I agree with that, that at some point, because I know Raider Nation has been so damn patient. I say it all the time. Well before I was a podcaster or a radio dude, I was uh, just a member of Raider Nation sitting in the Coliseum and uh, cheering on with Raider Nation and, and wanting to see wins, and it has been few Few wins, right? It's, it has not been enough over the course of the last, I don't know, quarter century. It just hasn't been enough. So, yeah, Raider Nation needs to get that reward at the end of the day as well. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick at 702 Let's bring in our guy, Raider Mac. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, my man? Q, is hell a bad word on the radio? No, no, go for it. You already said it. Hell no. Okay. I'm tired of waiting. Q, I've been a Raider fan over 50-some years. I'm 60 years old. And Q, you're a young sixty, though. <laughs> oh yeah, I am. But, but Q, I, I I love I love what you I love that question. That's a great question. Actually, it's a great question if you think about it because it's been slow, and 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 some years we win, some we don't, and then it's been mostly losing season. Q, I can't. We can't take any more of this. This is enough. Is enough. We've been trying to change the culture yep. with with twenty some different coaches. Yep, it, it's time. <laughs> I, I, it's time to do what the Lakers do and the the championship teams. Just add guys. I know NBA is different from the NFL, but you saw what the Rams did. I just want one championship, <laughs> one championship before we leave this earth. Before I leave this earth, right? Um, and, and do what the Rams did. I, you know what? Nobody remember that they 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 um they brought in all these guys and they sucked the next year okay but I'd rather have a championship ring walking around <laughs> than 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 nothing do what the Rams did bring in players try to win it and if it don't work then I can see but we this slow methodical man it's just not working for me Q I'm sorry maybe I'm one of the few people that no. wait but it, it's just it's just too much for me I, I just don't want to do it. Also, Q, I will ask, um, my, and I have a question regarding uh, McDaniels. Q, what is going on with McDaniels as far as, you know, with Jimmy Garoppolo? He say one thing in the media, but he's telling other people other things. You know, is, is Garoppolo going to – is he going to play this year or he's not? We need to find out, find this out at training camp. Um, will you be – will you have access – Yep. To the players uh, at the mandatory OTA this year? 
Yep, yep, absolutely. Th- okay. Thank you for the call, Raider Mac. Thank All you so right. much. Yeah, and yeah, no, I th- Jimmy, I think Jimmy, honestly, I, I really am confident that Jimmy is going to be fine for training camp. I really am. He's been out at the Golden Knights games. He's been out there with all his teammates. He's there at OT or at a mandatory mini camp right now. He's not participating, but he's out there. I think he's fine. He's been walking around town with no limp. Uh, of course, that's not going out and playing football, but I think, honestly, Raider Mac, I think he's going to be okay, and that's all I've heard from Josh McDaniels. I think he's, he's pretty comfortable with where he's at right now as well, and it's okay not to be patient, right? Again, Raider Nation's been patient for a very long time, so that's a tough pill to swallow, so I don't blame you and i'm sure you're not the only one who says hail to the no raider mac thanks for that call i do appreciate it. let's get one more call in then we'll go to Vinny. uh joel on line one welcome to the show what's on your mind joel hey uh thanks for having me so i just wanted to point out first of all i'm a, I'm a heat guy i've seen probably 95 percent nice. of the games since 2000 and i just wanted to sort of point out i don't think it's a slow build at all you're we're talking about a team that was the number one seed last year and was in the finals before that, and they've they've been in the conference finals against the Celtics. I mean, I mean when I mean when Riley year. took over in like '95. No, yeah, that that wasn't a slow build. Oh, okay, okay, You're, my bad. You know. Alonzo no, Morning. No, no, it, yeah, I mean, and they've been getting you know, and there's two different things, right? There's culture you want the scrappy guy, but there's also finding these free agents, and those two things are separate but also intertwined with each other. But they've been pulling up free agents. I mean, start with Udonis Haslam, who's still on the team. Udonis right. Haslam, by the way, dropped 27 points in a game this year. Right. You know, he, he can still play. I'm, I'm hoping, he, hoping he gets a couple minutes in the finals. But, but, uh, but, yeah, so, you know, can the Raiders develop players that are, you know, unthought of free agents? Maybe. I don't know. That's sort of a talent scouting issue. And, but then, you know, the culture – you know, you're talking about the culture in Detroit, and I know you're kind of pooping on the guy. I like their coach. I don't know if he's the smartest guy, but the culture, the culture is a real thing. Right. I think he's got the culture down now, scouting and finding guys that everyone else would pay, you know, a first, second round draft pick for, but they're performing even though you got him as a undrafted free agent. That's really not on the coach, and that's a really hard thing to do in football. All right, th- thank you for the call. Th- thank you for the call. I, I got I to gotta quickly go. I do want to respond real quick, though, because I got Vinny coming up in just a second. I'm not saying that the Heat built it up slowly. I'm saying that the Raiders are, are going about a slow build. But if it results if it results in the culture being like the Heat, that's what I'm asking. So maybe I worded it incorrectly. I'm not saying that they took a long time. I'm saying everything started to change once Pat Riley got there. And this Heat culture thing that you know very well is real. So maybe I worded it incorrectly. I apologize for that. And I wasn't poo-pooing on Dan Campbell. I just want to see the Lions be successful multiple years before I believe that they really are turned around. I, I, I am giving Dan Campbell actually a lot of credit. He went in there with the plan and he changed things around, but I want to see it twice. Like we saw the Raiders great in 2016, right? They looked good. Looked like they were going to turn things around. That culture had changed. And then 2017 sucked. And then, you know, it took till 2021 before they made the playoffs. And that was, you know, I don't want to say luck because, I mean, it takes more than luck to win games. But, I mean, it was a four-game winning streak at the end of the season. So maybe I'm wording it incorrectly, not poo-pooing on Dan Campbell, and I don't mean to call the Heat a slow build. I'm just saying I'm using them as the gold standard to the culture that the Raiders are trying to build. So thank you so much for that call. I do appreciate you. 2.30 is the time. We'll take a quick quick break, get to Vinny Bonsignor. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. And it's time to go inside the huddle with Vinny Monsignor. Sponsored by Dos Caras Tequila and presented by the Realty One Group. 
Whenever you hear Cameo, you know that Vinny's joining the show, and he'll be joining us in a matter of seconds. He's going to give us a quick call. I did want to hit the don'tbebroke.com text line in the meantime, in between time, talking about the culture of the Raiders, talking about the build that they're attempting to do, and the fact that it is a slow build for them, for the Raiders. So if you knew that the Raiders' slow build was going to turn into a culture similar to what the Heat have, would you be okay with that? Would you be good with that? That's the question that we're asking. Don't be broke. Com text line is 69187, keyword R&R. When we don't have a guest, 702-365-9200. And we'll start off with Vinny about the culture as well. But Poncho said on the Don't be broke. Com text line at two, the 209, he said, what up, Q? It's Poncho here. In order to achieve that culture, it all starts with the young guys. And unfortunately, the last few years regarding the draft has screwed us over. And us fans are tired of waiting. We want to win now and are tired of waiting. But for the culture we do have now, us fans will still be here waiting and wanting success and criticize every move moving forward. That's from Poncho. And, you know, again, when it comes to the culture the conversation, I, I believe it's not only the young guys that you're talking about, but it's also the leadership. And getting an opportunity to talk with Dave Ziegler on Monday like we did, it was a good about 30-minute conversation between JT, myself, and, and Eric Allen and Dave Ziegler. He, he makes me feel very confident. Now, maybe I could be – tripping right maybe I'm just I'm, I'm completely wrong and he's just kind of pulled the wool over my eyes but I just I feel like I'm a pretty good judge of character and it seems like Dave Ziegler is a very very good leader and I feel confident when he talks it's just like it, it makes so much sense when he speaks so that's again that's just me so the leadership to me feels like it's there in place. Joining us now on the phone lines, we'll start off asking about culture, is Vinny Bonsignor from the RJ, the Review Journal, and also Radio Nation Radio 920. You can catch him on the morning tailgate with Lindsey Brown and Clay Baker. And Vinny, this is something that we were talking about at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center today when we were talking about heat culture. And I remember you asked Josh McDaniels about the heat earlier this week. Um, and you know Pat Riley very well. And I, I, I believe I specifically said to you that that leadership of Pat Riley is what really helped create that heat culture do you get that sense from Dave Ziegler that he could be not Pat Riley because that's a legend, but very you know leadership like when it comes to to, to the Raiders and their organization? Yeah, uh, absolutely. And I know that it, it rankles some fans that you know maybe uh, Dave has gone out and, and brought in some expatriates, but but really you know they're not trying to create Patriots West. They're trying to create the Raiders. But to teach that lesson, sometimes you need players. Pat Riley did this quite a bit. You know, there were players that followed him from New York to Los Angeles, or excuse me, L.A. to New York to, to, to Miami. Um, you know, because you need older veterans that understand it, that have played in that system, that, that know what the expectations are, to kind of pass that message along. But ultimately, what Dave Ziegler wants to build here uh, in Las Vegas is a self-sufficient Raider way and by that what we're talking about is drafting and developing raider players so that in three years they're teaching the next wave of raider players what it means to be a raider uh what 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 you know what what this culture is all about and and just keep continually um uh, teach that lesson to younger players yes eventually you know uh, every year you're going to have to go out onto the free agent market to fill holes but the problem with the raiders the last few years is that they've had to fill multiple holes across mm -hmm. the board uh, because of bad decisions that were made, you know, prior to this regime taking over, not trying to throw anybody under the bus, but it is what it is. Um, what they eventually want to get to is avoiding those mistakes in the draft, hitting on the draft so that you reach out and get a player here or a player there uh, to fill a hole from year to year. But really what you're, what, what, what the goal is, 
is to build a Raider roster, homegrown, developed Raiders player that are teaching, learning, um, and, and passing it along the same system uh, that, that everyone gets to master together. I, I don't think this is even a question that's really an answer, or you can give an answer that's very direct, but when, you, when you're trying to change that culture, and we hear that all the time when coaches take over uh, an organization or a new GM comes in, they always talk about changing the culture. How long do you think it really takes to have that, you know what I mean, that, that, that turnaround and be able to get them where they want to be? Yeah, that's a great question, and uh, you know, I'm not so sure that anyone would ever tell you that they're completely where they want to be. You know, that right. maybe, maybe that's just a process that's always ongoing, and you do have to replace because of contracts and things like that. Um, and you're not going to hit on every draft pick, so uh, there's going to always be some sort of transition. But that's the key to the whole thing. You don't want it to be massive transition year after year after year. You know, we were talking to Josh McDaniels, I think it was yesterday, about the defensive line and. They've built some cotton. If you look at that room, or maybe it was when, when, when you guys were talking to Dave Ziegler, that might have been where it was. Um, and he talked about how that room has changed over, just the defensive line. I've counted so many young players, 26 and under, that they have under contract for multiple years. The hope being that that's your foundation for the defensive line moving forward, so that you don't have to always go outside the building to fill this hole and that hole on the defensive line. Um, and I think that's what they want to achieve across the board. Uh, how long it takes, um, you know, that's that's we're gonna we're gonna find out. But right. I don't think it should take as long as as you know five years or something like that. Because when you look at the roster now, it's 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 changed considerably since 2020, let's say, or 20 even 2021. So change has occurred. Uh, they're not quite there, obviously, uh, where they want to be, but I think they're closing in on that. Yeah, no, that, that's a good point. That's a great uh, way to word it. Again, Vinny Bonsignor is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. I wanted to ask you about what you saw and what you heard at OT, or not OTAs, at mandatory minicamp today. I had to leave. But as far as the defense, let's start with the defense. Um, I always emphasize flying around and making some plays, and it looked like to me, Vinny, that some of the guys like a Devon Diablo, Marcus Epps, Nate Hobbs, Trayvon Merrick, they were able to do that today. Yeah, it's funny that you met, you should mention that. I was talking to somebody about those those players today because I've I've counted I, four interceptions the last two days, um, and a couple of them were on tip balls, and a couple of them were on balls that were actually thrown pretty well, but the, the but the DB. Uh, didn't give up on it, was able to punch it out and punch it up, and somebody else was there to scoop it up for an interception. And I think you're seeing, when you're talking about guys like Duke Shelley and Jacorian Bennett, um, you know, Marcus Epps, who you just mentioned, Nate Hobbs today made a nice play, um, you know, getting more comfortable uh, again and now moving into year three. But you're starting to see, I think, at least now, right now, and this is all we can go on is what we've seen so far, is, is maybe just an, either an ability or even a willingness, or maybe it's just a little bit of both, uh, to go make plays and to go uh, tip balls. And then, and then not just let the ball fall to the ground. You know, tipping the ball and breaking it up, that's, that's one thing, and that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you do it second down, there's still a third down where they can, the other team can burn you. How about coming up with some of those balls to turn the ball over and give it to your offense? And I think we're starting to see, or what we've seen 
least these last couple of days, is just more of that. And if that could carry over the season, into the season, that's obviously a game changer for the Raiders. Yeah, it's got to become muscle memory, so I'm glad that it's happening right now because training camp will come up, and hopefully they're able to do that. And then, as you mentioned, carry that over into the regular season. Again, we're talking with Vinny Bonsignor here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Jared's got one for you. Go ahead, Jared. Vinny, who, while you're watching uh, minicamp, was the most surprising? Like, what what surprised you about an individual player while you were observing camp? Um, a couple of things. Um, we were talking, Q and I were talking about Thayer Munford. He looked like he put on some really good weight, um, looked bigger and stronger and more powerful. Uh, the speed of, of, of Trey Tucker, the explosiveness of um, of DeAndre Carter, I think that really stands out. Uh, and I know Q was, we were watching him together today. Um, I like well, Divine Diablo. He just looks like a changed, completely changed man. So that definitely uh, stands out. Divine made a nice play uh, today where he dove for a ball that was thrown low. And usually, when you throw low, it's it's either your guy gets it or it hits the ground. No harm done. But Divine didn't give up on it as a defensive player uh, and went diving to make sure that that ball uh, didn't go to the uh, to the wide receiver. Um, so I feel like it's not necessarily a surprise, but just just eyeballing. You know, players that look a little bit different, players who are, are maybe playing with a little bit more confidence. You know, uh, Trayvon Merrick has, has looked good uh, so far in minicamp. And, you know, we talked to him yesterday, and, and, and Q, this will blow you away, but and maybe you know this, but I counted 40 different defensive coordinators for Trayvon over the last four years yeah. uh, coming into this season. He had two different coordinators going from, I think it was 20, 2019 and 2020 uh, at TCU. They changed staffs. So that's two two different defensive coordinators in 2019 and 2020. Obviously played for Gus Bradley in 2021, uh, and then last year, uh, you know, playing for Patrick Graham. That's a lot of disruption for a young player um, early in his career, and especially the first two years of, a, of an NFL career. Uh, and you can make the same kind of an argument almost for, in, you know, maybe not quite as drastic as four defensive coordinators, but Divine Diablo was going into his third defensive coordinator last year. Same with Nate Hobbs. And on top of that, all three of the players that we just talked about dealt with injuries uh, last year. So that kind of set them back in year two on top of the fact that they were trying to relearn a completely new defense going from their rookie year to their second year and not trying to make excuses at all. But I think the Raiders, Josh McDaniels, Dave Ziegler understood, and that's why they weren't in real hasty to try to judge any of those players because they understood this is a lot of disruption for young players. And you throw in the injuries as well. Uh, let's not completely judge them for what they did or didn't do in year two with the hope that a healthy year three, a second year in the new, in that defensive system is going to be what uh, is required to get all three of those players pointed in the right direction. And, Clay, and Q, I'll say this. If those three players, Divine Diablo, Trayvon Merrick, and Nate Hobbs, take steps forward this year, that's going to change the, the whole dynamic of yeah. the Raiders' defense. Vinny, um, based on your observations, how did the arms look? Whether it's uh, Brian Hoyer or Aiden O'Connell, how did uh, how did how did the quarterbacks look? Yeah, I mean, I think you know what you get with Brian Hoyer, and um, you know, uh, and and he looks like a a player that's you know thirty something years old, thirty seven years old, um, and I think you know what you're going to get with him. Nothing great, um, you know, but nothing you know egregious or anything like that. I am. Uh, intrigued by by Aiden O'Connell, uh, I, I feel like there are some tools in that toolbox uh, that that he can he can utilize. 
got the ball out really quick today, especially. I thought they were, and we were, Q and I were watching that, how quickly the ball was coming out for all the quarterbacks, but in particular Aiden O'Connell uh, and, and Brian Hoyer. So, um, you know, it's tough right now because I think everybody wants to see Jimmy G and what that offense looks like, even at this part of the cal- in this part of the calendar, what, the, what this offense can look like with Jimmy G pulling the trigger back there. But obviously that's not going to be the case. Uh, so all we can go on right now is what we see from Brian Hoyer and Aiden O'Connell. You know what you're getting in Brian Hoyer, but I think there, there's something to work with with uh, Aiden O'Connell. Final question for you, Vinny. I wanted to ask about Hunter Renfro. We were supposed to talk to him today. Uh, we saw him stretching, and then we didn't see him. And then all of a sudden he didn't talk. Uh, what's the latest and the greatest with Hunter? I know Raider Nation is kind of on edge right now. Yeah, I don't think that I would be reading all that much into it in terms of any kind of a trade or anything like that. Uh, he missed a practice last week. Mm-hmm. He's been here every day. Uh, so uh, there was a practice, I think it was last week. Yeah, it was last week yeah. that he wasn't out on the field. So, um, you know, it, it, for me, it feels more like, you know, he's dealing with something and they're going to be as cautious as they possibly can uh, with it right now. Um, you know, so and I've seen all the rumors out there and hear all the, the same rumors. There's nothing... Um, that I can report, uh, you know, along those lines. Um, you know, anything is possible. We all understand that. We all understand that it's a pretty crowded wide receiver room and a particularly crowded room uh, at slot wide receiver, which is the position that he plays in. But Q, as Q and I were talking about uh, earlier, and again, anything can happen, but what's, what's the real value for Hunter Renfro, um, you know, uh, to, to the Raiders? Is it, is it Hunter Renfro being out there and, and hopefully bouncing back uh, this year and kind of, uh, you know, becoming the, the player that he was the year before or a draft pick that you might be able to get for him right now, which could also be there next year, um, January or February or whatever, or whenever the offseason begins next year, that same draft pick that you might trade him for right now could still be there down the line. So why give up a year's production of Hunter Renfro uh, for a pick that you're not going to be able to execute until next April anyway? So I don't I don't know, you know, uh, what to make of those of those quote-unquote uh, rumors out there. But I think the, I think Hunter Renfro means more to the Raiders on the field than he does as somebody that could get him a future draft pick. Right, I agree. Uh, again, that value word is something that I talked about quite a bit. I just I don't see it right now uh, when it comes to Hunter Renfro. Vinny, great stuff. What are you working on that we should be on the lookout for, my man? I am writing about uh, Trayvon Merrick um, uh, tomorrow, and uh, and again, I think he's a he's a big key to this whole thing, and uh, and I think the Raiders are, are are being patient with him. Remember, he had a he had a hip injury in the season opener that knocked him out the next two games, and and we all know these guys try to be as tough as they possibly can, so we don't even know really, um, you know, what his 100 percent, 90 percent, 85 percent, whatever percent he was when he did come back. I doubt very seriously it was 100 percent. So who knows how much that played into uh, you know his a little bit of a setback that he took uh, last year. But the, the Raiders have high hopes for him, uh, and they certainly need their young safety to play like the guy they thought they were getting when they drafted him in the second round in 2021. And before I let you go, Mailman Raider just texted us and said that he saw you tweeting about Ja'Korian Bennett, wanted to know what you thought about the, the young man. Yeah, and, you know, it's interesting, Q, because uh, somebody had, had, uh, had responded to that tweet yesterday that I thought he looked good. Well, everybody looks good. Well, yeah, no doubt. They're, these guys are the top 1% of what they do on the planet Earth. So all these guys are going to look good. But, Q, you know this, and this is what I, what I said. There's a difference between looking good right now and standing out. Right. If you can stand out right, amongst the good, the, the players that obviously look good, they're professional football players, for crying out loud. Right. Then, then something, you're doing something. 
And I felt like watching, especially yesterday, watching Jacorian uh, get a lot of reps with the top group, uh, that it felt like he belonged. He played aggressively, trying to uh, you know get his hand on the ball. I know the Raiders really like him and like his progress uh, thus far. Uh, he looks a little taller than the 5'11 he's listed at. Maybe he's just kind of the way uh, he's built, a little bit lanky. Moves really well. So, uh, so it's early. I get that, and I understand that. But he definitely, especially yesterday, stood out, uh, you know, on, on the practice field. No doubt about it. Well, Vinny, great stuff, man. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you tomorrow. All right. Take care. Have a great show. All right. Will do. Vinny Bonsignor. This is Red Nation Radio 920.